Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. Anybody excited to be in the house of the Lord? Luke chapter 4, while you're getting there, the song has just been on my heart. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, and with thanksgiving. I'll be a living sanctuary, Lord, for you, Lord, prepare, if you know it, sing with me, to be a sanctuary, pure and holy tried and true and with thanksgive I'll be a living I'll be a living sanctuary Lord for you Lord for you come on make your voice louder sing Lord prepare sanctuary pure and holy tried and true and with thanksgiving I'll be you to prepare us to be what some people may never step into. God, we want you to prepare us to be the living vessels, to be the embodiment of what some people may be hurt from. God, we ask you today to be the loving representation of what some people reject. Prepare us to be a sanctuary. Prepare us to be the place where you dwell. To pre prepare us to be a representative of the kingdom of God. Prepare us to be the city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Prepare us to be the flame that sparks a fire, a Holy Ghost fire in someone else. But maybe they will never come to the physical church. But if they come in contact with us, maybe they'll say, what must I do to be saved? God, prepare us to be sanctuaries. Prepare us to be holy people. To prepare us to be the righteous, set-apart ones. Prepare us.
to be pure and holy to be pure and holy not that we're perfect but our hearts are pure because we've been purified we've been refined we've gone through the fire we've been through the flood we've been to the mountaintop and God we've been in the valley and you have been with us every step of the way God prepare us prepare us prepare us in Jesus name Luke chapter 4 Luke chapter 4, we're going to read verse 16. One verse of scripture for now. I don't plan on being before you long, but all preachers say that, so pray with me. Amen. Luke chapter 4, I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. When you have it, say, I got it. Uh, I'll just read it, and then you all just, just, just listen. Luke chapter 4, verse 16. The Bible says, So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And he stood up to read. Read that one more time. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Father, have your way. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may have your seats. We are continuing in the topic that God has placed on my heart on why we need church. We are continuing in the same vein that why we need church church and this came to me um, in conversations that I've had and things that I've seen in the sphere uh, of influence that I work in and I began watching these videos by the Jew 3 project and I, I mentioned their name because I encourage you all to go watch it and encourage you all to look at the resources that the Jew 3 project has in place for us to understand uh, how to defend our faith, how to understand uh, where we, as, as the majority of us in this room, are minority or, or African-American or Puerto Rican or Jamaican or Mexican, so on and so forth, where we fit in the Bible. Because many people would have you believe that Christianity is what? The white man's religion. People say it all the time. They, they, oh, y'all still believe in that stuff? The white man's religion. And, and to many of that, I try to say this with grace, that with all of the technology that we have, with all of the resources that you can go and grab, with the maps and ge geographical locations that you can look up on your own. You don't even have to have somebody tell you. You can look this up on your own. You can see that the majority of the Bible takes place in an area where... Okay. <laughs> All right, y'all. Okay, y'all are smart. I'm glad we are in an alive church. Um, some of the first... Uh, places where some of the disciples went out uh, 
to preach the gospel and Christianity spread in those nations were Ethiopian nations, places where some of our darker brothers and sisters uh, 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 reside in. Amen? Amen. And um, it is just, it is just, it behooves me, my brethren, that many people would continue in this vein to say that we serve a white man's religion. And then we get into where we live today, where people uh, have been hurt and people have been rejected and people have experienced pain and people have seen wicked and perverted and perverse, bad, horrible, terrible things in what was considered to be a church. And so they experience these things and they lump all church together. They lump everyone in the same lens of their hurt. We do it all the time, not just with church. Red car hits you on the highway, you hate all red cars. It was not the car that injured you, it was the vehicle, uh, it was the person that, that was driving the vehicle. We don't look at it that way, we look at the actual item instead of the people who held the position. We don't, we're not upset with that individual pastor that cheated on his wife, we're upset with the whole church. I can't believe y'all let this stuff happen in the church. People are angry and people are upset and they're mad at God for the decisions that people make. Not remembering that God has given each and every one of us free will to make our own decisions, to, to put on our own clothes, to, to put on our own makeup, to put that bad combination of perfume together. I just had to make sure y'all were still awake. We make our own decisions. And we blame God. So God put this on my heart to, to break down why we need the church. People that, are, that profess to be Christians have even said things like, I don't need to go to the building anymore. This is what COVID has done. This is, it has exposed the true intents of people's heart. It gave people an extreme excuse to never come back. While I watched five churches online today, I don't, why do I need to go to the building? Because the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, we read this on Wednesday, but we're just doing a little recap. It says, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is what? Faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. 
not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. I talked about this on Wednesday, but I feel led to say it again. We have to consider one another. The importance of assembling is so that we can consider one another. Then it says, as some have already begun to do. It's the manner of some. Some have already begun to forsake the assembling. In this particular text, they were discouraged because of what had happened to Jesus. And they said, oh, what are we going to do? Why are we going to gather? What is the point of gathering? And the point of gathering is not a selfish point. We have to get out of this selfish view of why we go to church because we sing songs like, I'm going to get my blessing right now. And maybe you getting your blessing is you showing up to, to the body and to the community so that you can pour into someone else. Maybe you getting your blessing is seeing that smile on one of the mother's faces because they hadn't seen you in a while. Maybe you getting your blessing is getting a hug from someone that hadn't seen you for a little while and said, baby, I've been praying for you. Next thing you know, tears are falling down your face because we need community. I'm yelling already. I'm trying to, be, trying to be calm. And then it says, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. We don't come to church to stir up foolishness and gossip. We don't come to church so that we can showcase that we got a new car and we want to get our famous parking spot. We don't come to church because, you know, I almost said, we got some new teeth in. So we want to sit as close to the front as we possibly can. You back there just grinning. We glad you got you some teeth, girl. Like we, brother, we glad your teeth is, I mean, I'm glad. But we don't come to church for these reasons. We have a selfish view of why we come to church. It says we come to stir up love and good work. Somebody say stir up. stir up. Stirring up means to incite or provoke or instigate. I said this, I said this on Wednesday. Me and my mom, we're, we're, I get this from her. We're instigators. You know it. We're instigators. Mama said, what you going to do? What you going to do? Come on, come on. I'll be up there preaching. My mom is instigate. She's provoking me in a healthy way. See, this is good. This, this is why you got to read this. To, she's stirring me up to do the good work that God has placed on the inside of me. She's stirring me up. She's inciting me. It means to intentionally, we, we have to understand this. I want you to write this down because you ain't going to like this. We have to intentionally love those who aren't always lovable. Mm, I heard them. Mm. Yep, go ahead, write it down. Write it, write it big so you can remember it. Put a reminder in your phone. I have to intentionally love those who still owe me money. 
I have to intentionally love those who still actually still come to church and they avoid me. Am I talking good or what? I have to intentionally love those who when I smile at them, they give me the stank face. I'm, and we talking about church people, see? I have to intentionally love. Why? Because God intentionally loves us. When we make promises and we cry out and we pray and we say, God, I'll never do it again. And we do it again. We can keep on doing it. And God says, I've loved you with an everlasting love. An everlasting love. Where is the grace that God has shown us? Where, where is that same grace for our brothers and sisters? We don't have it. Then it says, exhorting one another. Exhorting means to strongly encourage. This is why community in church is so important because we have people in the church uh, that strongly will encourage you, will strongly exhort you and tell you, honey, you can do it. Boy, you can do this. Come on, man. You know better. Man, I'm praying for you. If you need anything, let me know. If you need something, call me. We can do this together. I'll help you set the plan up. I'll help you put the plan in motion. That is what it means to be the body of Christ. And you don't get that when you don't have community. Somebody say community. Why we come to church? We come to church and we gather to receive something from God. We gather to give something to God. We gather to encourage one another by our shared faith and values. The Bible says we overcome by the 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 blood of the lamb, and the word of our testimony. When you tell your testimony to someone in the church, you encourage them. You say, you know what? God can do it for me too. You're not telling it being braggadocious. Girl, because listen, I got this new Chanel, and man, listen, I got, man, the new Corvette C8 came out. Yeah, man, I, I, you know, I would take you on a ride, but you ain't ready for that. No, no, no. We, man, let me tell you how God set me up and put me in position to do this. Let me tell you how God used me on my job to bring glory to his name. Let me show you the excellence in which God... That is what we do. Our testimonies and our shared faith and values help uplift and encourage our brothers and our sisters. Then we gather to bless one another. And we gather to work together. We gather to work together. We gather to work together. All right. Now let me get back to my message. So Jesus comes to his own synagogue in Nazareth. And so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. Somebody say he was brought up. And as his custom was, as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. So much, uh, this is just so powerful, but that, that's not even my message right now. He came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. Since this was early in the ministry of Jesus, it was not long from the time where he lived there to the time where he was working there as probably a carpenter or a builder. 
This is powerful in and of itself. Jesus, a carpenter and builder in, in the natural, is one who does carpentry and building in the spirit realm. So this is, this is before. Okay. And then, then we go down and it says, and as his custom was. A custom is something that is a part of your nature. A custom is something that you make a habit of doing. A custom is something that is a part of the culture or the fabric of what it is that you're a part of. It is our custom that we pray, that we do praise and worship, and that the word goes forth. It is our custom. It, is our, it should be our custom that when we wake up in the morning, we brush our teeth. It should be our custom that we bathe and shower every day. I know TikTok got some of y'all food. I, don't, I haven't bathed my child in five months because I don't want any bad chemicals. You better put that baby in that tub. <laughs> and you better get in that tub and wash yourself, okay? One of the worst things you can do is offend your brother or your sister because, okay. Yeah, this is ministry. We have to, the Bible says, consider one another. All right. It was Jesus' custom. Jesus made it his custom to get together with God's people for worship and the word of God. If Jesus thinks it's a good idea to go to the synagogue to gather with other believers, guess what? You can't make your own rules. I know people don't like to hear this stuff. People don't want to hear this. I had someone try to argue with me on social media and say, no, I went to church and, and this happened to me and this. I said, Man, can I pray for you? Because that is hurt. You're operating out of your hurt, but we can't reject what God says we should do. If Jesus went to the synagogue, and guess what? Oftentimes, Jesus and the disciples were upset with the way that things were going in the synagogue, but they decided to bring a change by being inside of the organism rather than talking bad about it and you outside of it. Folks talking bad about the church, you're not even a part of the church. Why don't you be a Bishop says this all the time in our meetings. I kid you not. Anybody can recognize the problem, but what solutions do you have? Because we could sit here for 12 hours. I guarantee you, every person in this room, we could sit here for 24 hours and we could all talk about the bad things that we've experienced in the church. And we would be validated. But what solutions do we have? Folks get quiet. The solution sessions are just, I mean, they're like 12 minutes. But the let me tell you what happened to me. I mean, you don't like, man, I got to feed my wife, bro. I got I to gotta go home. Jesus made it his custom to go to the synagogue. And he stood up to read. If anybody didn't need to go to church. If anybody didn't need to go, I mean, he is the Godhead three in one. I mean, he is 
We sing about all. He is the living word. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is sitting at the right hand of the father. He is at the mention of his name. Demons tremble. Things shift. Disease goes. Cancer has to leave at the mention of his name. Something happens when I say the name Jesus. And if, if, if Jesus was in the house, you need to be in the house. Yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's a good place to clap. Look at your neighbor, say, neighbor, you need to be in the house. You need to be in the house. I wanted to title this, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to other churches and I've said to myself, there's no place like home. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've talked to friends and they've experienced horrible things in the church and they say, Cam, you have such a good view of the church. And I say, I love the church because there's no place like home. I don't know where you've come from. I don't know what you've gone through. I'm praying for you and I will continue to pray for you. But you need to understand when you get connected to a real church, to a loving church, to a community-based church, to a Bible-believing church, you will go to other places and you'll say just like I said there's no place like home you know what you learn at home I'm going to off my nose now you know what you learn at home you learn how to do things at home in the intimacy and in the privacy of your family and your friends your family and your friends don't put you on bl- well uh, <laughs> your mom and your daddy won't always put you on blast when you're in the process of learning certain things it is at home where, you're, where you're, you're being taught and you're being instructed. Sometimes voluntarily, other times you're just watching. They say the ages from one to seven are the most impressionable years that you have. You're learning and you don't even know that you're learning. You're learning how to treat your, your, your future spouse. You're learning what a mother should, should do as a mother. You're learning what a father should do as a father. You're learning how healthy relationships are formed and bonded. You're learning. And then when you get old, you begin to reenact the things that you saw in your home. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. I, I was sitting down with my wife. We were having uh, dinner last night at this Mexican restaurant. And I was telling her, I was like, man, you know, as, as, as we, you know, uh, experience, you know, the, the new parenting things that we're going through. And I was like, man, I wonder what things my child would pick up that I do. Right. Like I, I, I have certain quirky things that I do because I saw my dad do it when I was a kid. And then I just started doing it. Right. A, a quirky thing that he does turned into something else that I do that I made my own. And now I do. And I'm like, man, I wonder if my son's going to do that. Like, I don't really want him to do that because like I do that. And it's like, bro, why are you doing that? <laughs> right. And my wife's like, there's some stuff that I do. I, I, I pray our baby don't do that. <laughs> right. But but you learn these things because you're in home. You're in you're in the house. You're you're, you're in the house. You're in the house. Things that I learned here in, in CFFC Zion, I, I learned how to be a leader in the house. I learned how to, how to be a servant in the house. If I, was, if I was laying down too long during the summertime on a Thursday, my dad would say, boy, get up. You're going to the church with me. You're going to serve in the food pantry. 
my little skinny self picking up these heavy boxes and pounds like, my goodness, Mother Hayes and Mother Coop, y'all are strong. <laughs> Them cans, you put a bunch of cans in the bag and they just tossing it to me like it's nothing. I'm like, hold on. But I learned how to serve in the house. Amen, baby, amen. Amen. You learn how to serve in the house. I, I began uh, working uh, in the children's ministry, and I began listening to the instruction of those who were older than me. And I remember uh, uh, some of the youth, I, I don't say this because y'all need to stop saying this. I used to change some of their diapers. You learn how to serve. I mean, that's, 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 you got to have a servant's heart to change baby's diapers that ain't yours. <laughs> That, that, takes a, that takes an extreme level of, of, of servanthood to change, you know, diapers. But I learned how to serve. We would, we would clean up. I would listen to the foys, and, and I would listen to the instructions of the leaders that would say, go do this and take out the trash. And Elder James, quickly, uh, go take out the trash. <laughs> go grab that trash. Yeah, go get all, break all them boxes down. Hands just ashy. Then you learn how to stump on them. You know, you just you learn how to get a knife, cut them open, do it the right way. But I learned how to serve in the house and then serving in, in food pantry. And then I went to serving in, in the video team. And I learned how to work the cameras. And I learned how to work all of the equipment by being a servant. And, and, and what's great is the leaders of this house allowed the other leaders, the youth leaders, the, the youth pastor, the elders, and the deacons to be a part of other ministries so they can train other people. Because what good is it if, if only the elders and the called know everything and y'all don't know how to work nothing? So then we had avenues for the young people like, like uh, uh, Friday Night Live where the young people ran everything. The young people ran the cameras and the young people uh, helped out with the sound and the young people learned how to turn the lights on and the young people would clean up in the kitchen and clean up in the fellowship hall. They learned how to serve in the house. Another thing that you learn while you're in the house, you're gathered together, assembling with one another, is you learn your gifts, your talents, and your purpose. In the house. I thought I was going to be Fred Hammond's next drummer. Promise you. I was nice too. I'm trash now, but I, I used to be really, really good. I used to practice for hours and hours. And now that I think about it, my, my, our, our basement at my parents' house, like there's no soundproofing. It's just, just wood. And I know it was loud. I mean, if you outside, you can hear the drums and just cymbals and just drums, just clashing. I used to practice for hours and hours. And practicing on the drums then led me to have an ear for, for music. And then I would just mimic what people would do because I was good at making fun of people. Because, you know, when you're small, you got to have a quick, you got <laughs> to have a quick clip. You know, you say something slick to me, you better watch out because I'm quick. And so I, I had an ear for imitation. And then from imitation, I, I was singing uh, either Smokey Norville or somebody's song. And my parents was like, hold on. Do that again. You know how mama's getting, do that again. And I did it again. It was like, oh, no, you can sing. 
Oh, no. So from then it went to that that provoking and inciting and stirring up. And then all all the time it just reverberated around the turn. Cameron can sing. Then I used to get bribed to sing. My mom would bribe me. (laughs) I give you twenty dollars. All right. (laughs) Because she was understanding something that I didn't understand as a young child. This is a gift that we can develop. This is something that God can use. You can't be afraid to use your voice. But you sometimes don't learn these things if you're not in the house. All right. It says, and Jesus stood up to read. So the usual order of service in the synagogue was they began with opening prayer. I mean, it's it's what we do. They began with opening prayer. Then Then they went to praise. And then there was a reading from the law. Then there was a reading from the prophets. And then there was a sermon. Then there was a sermon, perhaps from a learned visitor. And on occasion, on this particular occasion, Jesus was the learned visitor. So since the synagogue was in Nazareth, Jesus would have attended it often before. And now, because he was raised in the house, now he could read and teach in his own hometown, his hometown church, his church home. Jesus had a church home. The son of the living God had a church home. But y'all think you could be a member of five churches from Sunday all the way to Sunday. You tune in to CFFC at 9 o'clock on Sunday mornings. And then you turn into your other favorite church as soon as you leave this church on your way to brunch. And then when you leave brunch and you have Sunday fun day with your friends and your family. Then you tune in to your other favorite preacher at 3 p.m. And then by the time 5 p.m. comes by, you didn't listen to 17 different voices. And then you're comparing and contrasting this church with this church. See, I like the way this church do this, and I like the way this church does this. Well, what are you bringing to help your home church get to the level? Y'all don't like this. Is this offensive? I was hoping somebody would say yes. So Jesus stood up. He stood up to read in his home church, and he taught in his home church. And he read the law in his home church, and then he read something that he was about to fulfill in Isaiah. I don't have time to go there. Jesus understood something that we still have to grab and grasp. There is power in community. There's power in community because it's God's idea. God's idea of divine protection is that we gather and assemble together. Not just coming to church to see what we can get. 
but gathering together to see how we can collectively use our gifts to bring glory to his name. Don't you know that we were created in the image and likeness of God to bring glory to God? Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and bring glory to God. We were created to worship, to bring glory. Do you ever think it's not about me listening to my song today? It's about me singing a beautiful song to the Father. It's not about me seeing what somebody's going to do to mess up. It's about where I can put my hand to the plow so the ball does not drop. It's not about me getting, getting, getting from the church. I see they ain't give out no own. They don't even give out Starbucks gift cards no more. Well, what can you bring? What can you bring that will help somebody else? Maybe you bring the Starbucks. You're the CEO of Starbucks because you go every day. You spend $500,000 a year on Starbucks. Bring some of your stock dividends into the house of God. Why don't you open up a Starbucks and employ some of the saints? See, y'all don't, this is, this is kingdom. This is business. We have to understand that we cannot allow the enemy to get us in isolation because the, the devil knows something. That's why it says uh, in, 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 the, in the Bible, it says that the enemy is, is prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. When you don't gather together, when you don't make it a habit to get with your, your brothers and sisters in Christ, you allow discouragement, depression and anxiety to set in. And, and the devil knows when he gets you there, oh, he's going to wreak havoc on your mind. He's going to wreak havoc on your mind because now he's planting thoughts in your brain that, see, see, they never liked you anyway. They don't miss you anyway. You gave that church all that money and look at them. They don't even call you. They don't even text you. They, you didn't even know. They, you didn't even tell them that your dog died. They didn't even call to find out. We're laughing, but this is real. These are, the, these are the little things that lead to people leaving the church. Because the little offenses. Because the, the smallest of things. You didn't send me flowers for my birthday. <laughs> Y'all, I kid you not, this is real stuff. Discouragement, doubt, depression set in. Forsaking fellowship gives place to these things. Because the enemy knows he can multiply what he puts in your mind. Because guess what you're going to do? You're going to go find other people that feel the same way you feel. And ain't now one of y'all happy. Just bitter. God, he did not design for you to be bitter. God did not design for you to be depressed. God did not design for you to be anxious. The Bible says be anxious for nothing. Cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you. A lot of offenses that we fall into, we, we stay there because we didn't pray about it. We got on the phone. 
Let me tell you what they did to me. Brother, before you, before you continue in this phone call, can we pray? No, I don't want to pray. I want to vent. Well, let's vent to the Father. Let's vent to the... Next time somebody calls you talking about they want to go up, say, wait, can we pray? I pr- it changes stuff. I promise you. I promise you it does. I tried it one time, and I was like, that's powerful. Before you go, can we pray? What? what uh, uh, um, and just start praying, and pray hard. Pray like you a revivalist. Go in. Change all that up. The Bible says this. It says two are better than one. Because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone. When he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again. This is ministry. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? I know you, I hear you right now. I got a heated blanket while you talking. <laughs> I got my grandmama's quilt. My grandmama's spirit on this. <laughs> Ooh, we praying for that. Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not easily broken. That's Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. I know we use that a lot in, in marital context and holy matrimony. But you need to understand that two are better than one. One can chase a thousand. I know you bad. You, you didn't defeat it. Some stuff on your own. But can you imagine what happens when you get with a community of believers? When you gather together with a community of believers? When you make it a custom to gather together with a community of believers? You sound good by yourself in the shower. With that reverb and your marble floors and your marble countertops. And all the glass that you got that you got that was shipped in from Italy. But when you step out of the shower and you sing in your room with no reverb, you don't sound that great. Oh, but when you come to the house and you gather together with your brothers and sisters and we begin to sing Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. You sound like the greatest singer in the world to God because we are singing under one sound with one voice lifting up one Lord. And your words carry extra weight. Your words carry extra power. Your sound carries another level of anointing when we decide to mix our anointings together. Something changes. Talked about it already. Another thing that we need to be mindful of that can cause us to fall away from the church is that we can miss our purpose. I can't imagine where my life would be right now if I had not grown up in the house. 
from a child. Been in church my whole life. See, she's, she's provoking, she's inciting, she's stirring me up. This is, bibl- this is biblical, love it. Purposes can be missed when they're not identified early. That's why we have so many people that don't understand who they are. Because they didn't have someone, well, we know that a lot of the, the family structure is broken, and that's one of the enemy's assignments is to break up the family structure. But when you're in a Bible-believing church, and you can get around people that have, that have vision, that have prophetic vision, that can see your purpose, your future, and your destiny, you can be in the house and someone can say, no, I know that you were telling me that you do this, but I've been seeing you do this, and I really believe you would excel in this. And then you may have other professionals. Elder Reggie was one for me that said, yeah, I, I, I hold a position where we can hire you. Do you have your degree in this? Are you willing to do this? Are you willing to be learn? Are you willing to learn to be taught so that you can grow in the things that God has placed on the inside of you? And God can use one area of your life so you can learn and get some life lessons and then it will help you do the things that God has called you to do. But we have so many people who live in brokenness. And they did not have the opportunity like we do to grow up in children's church, to then infiltrate through youth ministry, to then grow up and, and go off to college and then come back and get jobs and use our gifts to glorify God. We, some people didn't have that. But guess what? You do. So we should not have young people who are, who are worried enough. And, and discombobulating and wondering what is my purpose on this earth because there should have been somebody, somebody, some individual here that should have said, no, I see this in you. No, I, I think God is calling you. To, I know that's on your heart, but I think God is calling you to do this. The story of Esther in the Bible is a perfect example of purposes not missed. Mordecai, her adopted father, stirred her up in love for her fellow Jews and exhorted her to see she was placed in her position for a purpose. God has placed some of you in some amazing, powerful positions for purpose, on purpose, so you can help your brothers and sisters. Had there been no fellowship or communication even through letters and messages passed back and forth by those around them, Esther would have missed her purpose. Mordecai reminded her that God's plan would prevail, even if she didn't step up. See, sometimes we're so caught up in in doing the plan, not realizing that God's will is going to be done regardless. So you might as well use me, God. You might as well use me. So, so Mordecai said, listen, listen, Esther, if, if you don't do it, God's will is still going to be done. So you might as well be the one. God's plan will move forward. But the opportunity for personal involvement may have been missed if she did not listen to her community. Esther chapter 4, verse 14 says, for if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Stand to your feet. When we assemble, 
as the body of Christ, we are to stir each other up in love and encourage one another in our faith. You need church more than you think you do because it's not just about the building. It's about the people in the building. It's about the relationships in the building. It's about the worship that takes place in the building. It's about your purpose and your destiny being unlocked in the building. It's about gathering together for corporate prayer and worship in the building. It's about hearing a word of God from a man or woman of God in the building. It's about giving of your talents, your energy, your resources to help your brothers and sisters in the building. Some of you all's best friends and closest relationships happened in the house. You call so-and-so every other day. Don't talk about nothing. <laughs> Don't talk about nothing. Well, I ain't want nothing. I was just calling. <laughs> That's community. That's healthy. That's relationship. If I miss a Sunday where to travel, Brother Michael called me. Hey, man, I ain't see you. I'm just calling, man, you know, just making sure, you know, you good. Because that's community. That's fellowship. I may text, and I ain't see you in a while, man, you good? Okay, just making sure you're all right. I didn't see you. Just making sure you're good. Some people that we haven't seen for a long period of time, I continue to call. They may not respond. That's okay. I'm not doing it to be seen. I'm doing it because I care. Because we need community. We need each other. Song says, I love you. I need you to survive. He says, I won't harm you with words from my mouth. Because I love you. We in the body of Christ have to do a better job of not harming each other with words from our mouths. We quote these scriptures all the time, life endeavors are the power of the tongue. I can't believe you said that to me. But we don't take into consideration on our own the words and the things that we could have said to bring hurt and pain to somebody else. A lot of times we try to focus on what can I get from God? What can I get from the church? People purposely go to specific churches to show their face so they can try to get a title so they can become something. When they don't understand, when you get a title, you're not becoming something. It was already in you. And our jobs, those of us that have titles, our jobs are to serve even the more. 
Just because I'm assistant pastor, Pastor Cam, you've passed, that don't mean I'm still not going to take out the trash. That doesn't mean I'm still not going to turn on the equipment. A lot of times I get here before everybody else and I turn on the video equipment. You don't see me walking around. I can't believe I'm a servant. I don't come here to see what, what I can get from. The, I come here to serve. Me turning on the equipment is bringing worship and glory and honor to God. Me using my voice to sing praises is not so that you can say, oh, man, that Cameron Scholl sang today. I'm singing praise and worship and bringing glory to my God. Those of us with true hearts understand that we don't come to see what we can get. We come to see what we can give. God, how can I give you my best praise? God, how can I give you my best worship? God, how can I give you my best tithe? How can I give you my best offering? How can I give of my gifts to make sure that the young people, make sure that the children, make sure that the elderly, make sure that the couples, make sure that the sing, how can I give of myself to ensure that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is strong? Jesus made it his custom to come to the house. He didn't just sit in the back. I can't believe y'all doing it like this. He came to serve. Jesus washed his disciples' feet because he was a servant. If he had that understanding how dare we say we don't need the church how dare we allow the enemy to implant seeds of discord in our minds to say I don't need that place I can't believe I don't need them anyway we need each other we need this community we need to be a part of this body. And maybe, maybe CFFC isn't your cup of tea, but find you a place that you can call home and make it your custom to go regularly so that you can bring your gifts, your talents, and your abilities to that house. There's many houses, but there's one body. And we need each other to thrive. God is coming back. He's, he's coming back for his bride. Another reason why the church is important, because the Bible calls us his bride. And those of you that are married, especially the brothers, you know, if something go wrong with your bride, you're on high alert. You ready to turn into SEAL Team 6, Black Ops Mission, Mission Impossible. You will run through walls. You will run for hours like Tom Cruise because you care deeply about your bride. It's the same thing. Jesus cares deeply about his bride. Bow your heads. Lift your hands. Heavenly Father, I thank you.
for these your people. Yes, God. Father, even now, those that have experienced great hurt from people who wore the garb, from people who wore collars, from people who held positions and called themselves men and women of God. Father, we pray right now for healing, for restoration. We pray for healing and restoration from the trauma that you've experienced, from the pain that you've experienced, from the hurt that you experienced. We're going to get real. From the molestation that you experienced. From people who professed to be men and women of God. We speak healing. In the name of Jesus. For those that are in the building and for those that are watching online, we speak healing right now over the airwaves. We speak healing right now over the internet. We speak healing over the Wi-Fi. We speak healing over the cellular connectivity. God, that you would heal your people from the hurt, from the trauma, from the pain, from the agony. Because God, they know they need you, but they don't want to step foot in the building anymore because of what they experienced. We come against guilt, shame, and disappointment in the name of Jesus. We come against guilt, shame, and disappointment in the name of Jesus. Satan, you cannot have their minds. Satan, you cannot have their hearts. Satan, you cannot have their souls. We come against your plan. We come against your tactics. We come against your plots. We come against your schemes. We come against each and every demon, witch, and warlock that is trying to cast spells on God's people to sow seeds of discord in the name of Jesus. Touch them, God. Heal them, God. Penetrate their hearts right now. Even that pain they're being healed from right now. Even if they've got to cry it out one last time. Even if they got to go to Christian therapy. Even if they got to talk to somebody. Even if that person that they don't want to forgive is still in their lives. Father, in the name of Jesus, we speak healing. We speak forgiveness. We speak freedom. We speak freedom. We speak freedom. Freedom in the name. We speak freedom. Loose your people from their shackles. Loose your people from their shackles. Break the chains of bondage off of them right now. Now, Father, we ask that you surround them with your love. We ask that you would overtake them with your presence. We ask that you would just come into their rooms right now and just wrap your arms around them. Give them the embrace that they need, God. Give them the peace that surpasses all understanding. Give them joy in the middle of their chaos. Give them peace and allow them to rest rest on the promises of God that you will never leave them 
you'll never leave them you'll never forsake them you're always there you're always there Father we thank you for never leaving us I'm so glad you never left me. In moments and times where I got myself into situations, I'm glad you never left me. In moments where I thought I didn't need you, I'm glad you never left me. God, send your angels to encamp around each and every person under the sound of my voice to let them know that they are loved. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. Amen. Now just lift up a sound of freedom in this place. Come on, just lift up a sound of freedom. Father, we thank you for the freedom that we now experience in you. We thank you for the freedom that we now experience in you. In the name of Jesus. If there's anyone in the room that is not saved, I want to pray for you. If you're not saved, if you're not saved, raise your hand. Raise your hand quickly if you're not saved. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Amen. We're all saved. Amen. If you're watching online, I just want to pray for you. Everyone bow your heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you for those that may be watching online and that may say, I don't know. Jesus, or I used to know Jesus, and I walked away until I saw this message. I want to be reconnected to the kingdom. Father, I pray right now that you would meet them where they are, that you would pour your loving arms around them. You would, encap- you would, you would encapsulate them with your love. You would, you would surround them. You would drench them with your love. pray that they would come to the realization that you are truly the living God. You died on the cross, but you rose again with all power in your hand. And you are not just my savior, but you are Lord. You are Lord of my life. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You took the keys from death, hell, and the grave, and you rose with all power. You did not stay dead. You rose with all power. You are the living word. You are a living God, and you're seated at the right hand of the Father. You're the great mediator. You stand in the gap for us, interceding on our behalf. We thank you for this. It is our prayer that they would come back to the house because there's no place like home. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.